I was addicted to this shit in college. Simply, apple juice? Simply apple. <laughs> Used to get that. Interesting. And um, Reese's peanut butter puff cereal. Yeah. And chocolate milk. Those are like three splurge items that I would guess only <laughs> once in a while. Okay. Interesting. That's so weird. I didn't ever get juice or really milk. <laughs> splurge items, did you get them all three at the same time? Yeah, usually. <laughs> I was like in a breakfast mood, you know? Um, my roommate bought shredded cheese all the time, though, which is not the same. It's a dairy product. <laughs> that's not That's not a splurge item. That's a necessity. <laughs> she just ate it plain. She would like every day at the same time come down from her bed. She'd open up her mini fridge and then she'd eat a handful of cheese. Welcome back to another episode of Is Fitz Happy? I'm Luke. And I'm Emma. We're discussing chapter 19 today, Messages. And it starts out with a... Looking like another recap of what happened. So last Mm -hmm. chapter we had, you know, the end of the the raiding season for their ships and they sail off or whatever. And this one is Verity departing Buckkeep for his adventure. And kind of detailing who is... Who went with him and the reason that they were picked and and that sort of thing. It says that the reason that Verity was going was spread around as to be going to their allies in the Mountain Kingdoms to gain help for the Red Ship Wars. And only a few people knew the the true reason to seek the Elderlings and help out. His group that he picked did know... And I think otherwise just the royal family. And that's about it. Right. And the people who went with were Hod, Cherum, which we we know those two, and Burek. So three we knew. And then Chestnut, Keef, and Kef, who mm-hmm. were all guards members. And I don't think we've heard of those three before. I don't think so either. But it's said that they were on Verity's honor guards for Chestnut for over a decade and Keith and Kef for multiple years. Yeah. So they're trustworthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, Taking away Hod from the, from the, from Buckkeep. Yes. As the arms master, the teacher and everything, I guess her grasp of tactics was uh, the best in the whole realm. Mm-hmm. And she was still very remarkable with weapons. And Beric kind of bullied his way onto the <laughs> adventure. He wasn't specifically chosen, but he's like, well, you're going to need somebody who can heal these horses through the winter and heal you. And I was Kingsman to chivalry and all this stuff. So Right. Which we know will not help Verity at all because chivalry has closed off Beric's ability to be a Kingsman right. again. Right. But they do not know this. Yeah. I think Verity does. But I'm sure. I wonder, does he know? And if he does know, does he know the word to be able to use him? Because if he does, it's kind of a low blow. No, I don't think he would know the word. I I think he would know that it happened, though. That's fair. Maybe whenever he tries, he'll be able to tell. Right. Yeah. Because he would just be sealed off completely and he would know. And I guess if Chivalry knows how to do it, Verity probably knows how to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it's like a guessing game of passwords and like trying yeah. to hack into somebody else's laptop. Like, <laughs> 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 try patience three two three. 
So we kind of get into the chapter and we jump back in time before Verity leaves, right before, and he has a conversation with Fitz here. And Verity and Fitz have gotten to know each other very well in the past, you know, the past year, year and a half, especially the past summer when they've been living in each other's minds. And Verity can kind of guess Fitz's mind and just says, you think this is a fool's errand, don't you? Which I thought was very interesting and funny wording. Mm -hmm. You don't approve of this, do you? You think it's a fool's errand, he greeted me. I had to smile. Inadvertently, he had exactly stated what I thought. I'm afraid I have serious doubts, I agreed cautiously. What gave it away, Verity? (laughs) My disdain for bringing Ketrick into you in the first place? Or my later laughing... At you guys talking seriously about it. I don't know. (laughs) And so Verdi agrees that he has serious doubts as well. But again, we get into his his selfishness that he does want to do something for himself. And this is kind of the only avenue left to him. Fitz reminds him that, yes, you can skill, though. Like, you could help out in the tower. Mm -hmm. But... We all know, and Verity knows and states that that is not really a life. You know, that's not what he wants to do. And it it draws him too much and it burns him out too quickly with the help that it provides. Right. Um, it also says that in this time, Verity and Ketrickin have been getting along real well. <laughs> yes. And that it says been hiding away from this through molly and then is feeling guilty about that because molly's been super excited about his renewed vigor in pursuing her (laughs) yes and he asks how would she feel if she knew my appetites were not entirely my own yes because that's verity's skill kind of radiating off of him when he and ketchikan are together and influencing fits right and i wonder if the need to be around Molly stems from what's going on through the link with Verity um, or just his own. Probably need. a bit of both. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that sort of emotion can be, you know, implanted into you all on its own if you don't have anything. But it's stronger if you have an answering feeling that you can compare or reconcile that right that uh feeling or emotion too so verity feeling uh lustful and love for his probably in his eyes newly newlywed (laughs) wife right uh, or at least newly recognized wife just brings out more so the love that fits his feeling for molly right I don't know but i thought i would bring it up because he specifically said he's hiding from Right. Verity's passions mm-hmm. through Molly, which is just bringing up, you know, the pattern that we see over and over again that Molly isn't almost isn't even a real person anymore. She's just a safe harbor for Fitz to get away from his real life. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. <laughs> and so Verity asks Fitz for a couple favors. One is to look after Ketrikin. And before even he says this, Fitz agrees to them, like, I'll do whatever you ask. Want us to look after Ketrickin, which Fitz would have done without him asking. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure he looks after a little bit more closely since Verity does ask. Right. And the second one is 
having Verity inside of Fitz for as long as possible in his mind. Mm-hmm. And Fitz obviously does not want to do this. That's his privacy. Being there 24-7 is something that they really haven't done all that much. Right. You know, they, they've they've been with, with each other within certain bounds for a while and long periods of time, but... An extended trip for as long as possible mm-hmm. wasn't something that they had talked about or considered right. before. Right. And with no set end date. Right. Right. And it's interesting. I actually found this part really interesting because Fitz is trying to think it out in his head. He knows he can't refuse, but he says... Already I have felt the boundaries of myself eroding before Verity's strong presence. So one of his drawbacks is that his sense of self is beginning to go away. Yeah. And I found that really interesting and something I definitely didn't catch the first time around. And I'm just wondering, do you think Verity's personality is being... I don't know how to like superimposed (laughs) onto Fitz and that a lot of who he becomes is what he took from Verity. Maybe it's not even a taking so much as a sharing, but the way Fitz talks about how he's losing his sense of self and some similarities. I saw this chapter specifically after having that thought between Verity and Ketrickin's relationship and Molly and Fitz's relationship. I just wonder if some parts of him and his attitudes are more Verity than himself. I don't know if they're more Verity than himself, but they're definitely influenced, I think. Mm -hmm. But I also think this thought particularly is really brought up and in Fitz's mind because of the past week of where... Verity and Ketrickin are influencing his nighttime activities with Molly. Right. And there's a couple there's a couple moments in this chapter where he mentions, you know, I, I felt like myself without Verity in the castle again. And we don't really get those comments or that something is wrong before this previous week. Right. So I feel like it's mostly related to that renewed you know, vigor for life that Verity is feeling Mm -hmm. where he's not so detached from any, everything. And since he's been skilling so long, he is super connected and doesn't have those boundaries really anymore. So he just kind of throws all of his emotions and feelings everywhere. And with him experiencing new things and not having those secure boundaries, Fitz is getting overwhelmed by that. So I feel like it could have been happening for the whole summer Mm-hmm. barely but like a little bit right but i feel like it's very exacerbated by the past week and that's more what fitz is talking about right that's fair i guess i just saw it as like kind of when you mix paint colors of like fitz's soul is one color and verity's is another it's just and bleeding a little bit yeah there's bleeding and even when verity is gone yeah something probably sticks we know skill is such a weird thing Mm -hmm. that seems to have some sort of residue i mean you live forever in the skill river so (laughs) so clearly there is residue that can be left over somewhere so i just wonder how much of that can be left over in a person yeah i mean definitely especially because fitz is used in a way that i don't think many people are probably for ethical reasons (laughs) at least as often right or as in 
a short amount of time as Fitz has had to endure. Right, right. Yeah, definitely possible. Fitz, of course, questions why why he needs to do this if he has coteries, and I don't know why Fitz even brought the coteries up, because <laughs> once again, Faraday just like laughs him off, like, plus there's other things I want to keep private. Right. And Fitz is like, oh yeah, you want to know, you know, how Ketrickin's doing, but also what Regal's up to, what's happening around the castle, things, little details that seem insignificant, but keep mm-hmm. Verity's rule secure. True. As the king-in-waiting. Right. And I wonder if uh, Robin Hobb used this as an excuse to bring up coteries because we haven't heard about them for a couple chapters. <laughs> so we have to be reminded, hey, there's coteries in the background, <laughs> remember. Right. Um, but either way. Verity kind of brushes it off and Fitz agrees to have uh, Verity ride along with him in his head. And he has to tell himself, maybe not tell, but remind himself that this is for duty to the king, not from his own want to be near skill. Mm-hmm. Which was also a very interesting thing that I found reading it through. And Verity kind of answers his unspoken comment about that and saying knowing well that this is how it begins and i and i got that to mean that verity knew fitz was worried about being addicted to the skill and and wasting away like verity was and verity is seeding like this could very well be like your gateway Mm -hmm. into being addicted so and i I think interesting i know and i think because of that that's why Verity says, um, I'll be as inconspicuous as possible. I will be so small you won't even notice me. And maybe he thinks that makes it less of a skill pull, which maybe it does. I don't know how it works, but it seems like if you're there anyway. I think I think that plus Verity's recognition that Fitz needs privacy as a person, too. Mm. And... I feel like they know each other pretty well, and right, you know, Verity is very trusting of Fitz. Yeah, lets him keep Night Eyes a secret and all that sort of thing. So, I feel like it's it's both a a courtesy thing and maybe maybe even a I'll try to lessen the impact of me being here as much as possible. So hopefully right. you're not affected like I am. Which seems dangerous when you know who you're leaving behind in the castle. Not Fitz, but Regal. Wouldn't you want to have a stronger connection to be sure if something goes wrong, you know immediately, but I don't know that it matters. It seems like Verity can exert his will and and make that connection stronger, but we know that Fitz's erratic ability prevents him from doing so the other way, so Fitz would not be able to reach out himself, but Mm -hmm. Verity could check in. (laughs) (laughs) But also I wonder if it's like, from Verity's point of view, trying to since he is also trying to like live out his normal life and listen in with Fitz, I wonder if it would be kind of the same as trying to get your voice in your head to say two things at the same time and just trying so hard to do that would be exhausting. So sometimes you'd have to put something on the back burner right? and probably Fitz gets put on the back burner a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's trekking through wilderness Mm -hmm. and in, winter on mountains so i'm sure he's uh pretty preoccupied with other things especially yeah. when they get attacked for sure but that hasn't happened yet they are saying their goodbyes yes. now this is the next day the next morning they're heading out 
Ketchikin has already said her goodbye. She's standing up in the Queen's Garden, so nobody can see her tears if, if she does cry. And Fitz says he's the only one who is not bidding Verity farewell in the crowd because he doesn't need to and he will talk to Verity. <laughs> right. Which also kind of isn't a great look, Fitz, but okay. Right. Just optically, you could at least do one little goodbye. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like a kid sulking, but maybe that's the kind of image Verity wants is that Fitz is sad he can't come along. I don't know. I do want to read the passage out, or at least a couple sentences here, about Ketchikin. Mm-hmm. I stood at her side and endured the resonance of what she and Verity had come to share in the last week. I was both glad for her and heartsick that what she had so recently found must so quickly be taken away from her. And I just wanted to remark on, again, we mentioned it last week, but the tragedy of the situation. Yeah. They've been a happy couple for... A week and maybe one day when Ketrickin came to Buckkeep for the first time. Maybe. Right. Like, <laughs> that's about right. it. I don't even know if they started out happy. They just were better Verity, than they got. <laughs> Verity could have. I mean, it was an important thing that he needed to do and it helped the realm, so he would have been very invested. Right. And she was super attentive to him. I don't think that's the right way to phrase it, but she was super into him when she first came. Yeah. It wasn't as... It was a little desperate, but it wasn't as, like, <laughs> desperation feeling, I guess. Right. But, yeah, only only one week. Really. Yeah. It is really tragic. And then they get, you know, a couple weeks. I don't remember exactly how long the timeline is when they're at the quarry, but mm-hmm. that's it. But also that time... Out of, like, three years. Yeah. That time in the quarry is marred by the fact that he's not even a whole man anymore. Right. He doesn't even have he's memories. He's a shell of, of a being. Yeah. Crazy. And so with this longing, with this, you know, intense grieving that someone that she has cared for and that finally is caring for her back and there's that that reception, that mutual love between them is leaving, she wit-quested after him. Very faintly, it was true. But enough that somewhere in my heart, night eyes sat up, eyes aflame, and asked, What's this? Nothing. Nothing to do with us, anyway, I added. We hunt together soon, my brother, as we have not for too long. Just another little example of her questing after something. I wonder if this is why night eyes ships them together. (laughs) (laughs) He wants them to be together because... Well, she's a powerful woman, but also has a wit sense. And so in some ways, Fitz won't be alone. Well, also, he warns against it in this chapter. Right. Uh, we but get to a conversation. Later. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. We get to a conversation where she's like, be, for, be more familiar with me, Fitz. And Nidus is like, whoa, this is dangerous. This is like your leader's mm-hmm. female. Mm-hmm. Don't be too familiar. <laughs> And then later on, we see Night Eyes kind of pushing that a little bit more, like she's a good hunter, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's partially because she gets to know him on the trip right. and is good with him and is a good hunter and things like that. And she impresses Night Eyes. But also because Verity is dying and Night Eyes can tell. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the pack needs a new leader. <laughs> so you're stepping up into his place and this is just what happens. Right. So right. I that's think a it's a little point. bit of like natural order and a little <laughs> bit of like... 
hey, you guys are fine, you know? Yeah, interesting. Okay. I thought it was more like, oh, they're so compatible, but I guess it would be more like hierarchy of you're next in line, so you go, even though that's not how it works human-wise, but interesting. More to think about, I suppose. Yeah, we'll have to see how human Night Eyes gets over the course of the next book Mm -hmm. because that could influence it and it could be more of like you are compatible and be together if he's more influenced by Fitz's point of view as a human. Right. But if he stays more of like this is, you know, pack animals and and hierarchy like that, it could be more of just the natural order of our leader is dying off. We need somebody to step up into his role. Right. Interesting. So now... We have Fitz alone. Well, not alone, but kind of alone in the castle. He talks about how he was dreading Burek leaving and that recognizing that the reason that he's scared of Burek leaving was more because of the vulnerability he feels with both Verity and Burek gone and how that makes him feel even worse that he's so weak like bud the guy that's left in charge almost killed you twice maybe it's okay to be scared but also he he literally says he felt uncomfortably exposed with both of them gone and that told me a bunch about myself that i really did not want to know and and here's where we get like some of fitz's personality and shortcomings bleeding into the narration Mm -hmm. because yes it, it could be about being exposed to Regal and those those people were protecting him. Mm-hmm. But also the feeling behind that is like, oh, I, I'm so mad that I feel exposed with them gone because right. I, they're, they were protecting me and I hate that I had to be protected and I should stand up. Right. Like Fitz, it's okay to be sad that they're gone and, and have people that are there to help you. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you should not like about yourself. Because you need someone to help you once in a while. Right. Also, you're still a child. <laughs> right. And they're your parent parental figures. So, so I think it's okay. <laughs> it's just a... It's an interesting glimpse into his character, if you read between the lines there, of... You know, he feels bad for accepting help. And that continues throughout the whole series. Because he true, is stunted yeah. emotionally. Any Anyone that really, like, helps him was never present. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> True. Like he didn't get that help. <laughs> right. I wonder too if it's almost scary to have them gone because with them there, he has a visual reminder as to why he's sticking to the path, why he is doing what's right instead of just running off with Molly. Right. And with them gone, it's no longer something he can kind of blame on them. It's all his own choices. <laughs> right. Maybe that's also a little bit exposing. I don't know though. And so he seeks a little bit more comfort in Night Eyes, and they go hunting. And he says that when they are hunting forged ones, he brings Night Eyes along, even though the horse isn't super comfortable with Night Eyes ever. And then after the forged ones seem to be clearing up a little bit more, they go hunting just the two of them and Mm -hmm. can hunt prey of their own. And that's way more comfortable. Right. And I find it very weird that... Fitz is like, well, Verity's gone, even though he's still in my head at all times. Better use the wit whenever I want to. It, it it's seems kind of like weird. he can keep it compartmentalized because he's. we've noticed that he's had conversations right. with Night Eyes while Verity is talking to him, too. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. It's so Maybe hard to tell. Maybe he's just very tell. confident, but it's also such a weird, like, 
I don't know, letting your guard down because Burek's away and Verity's away. Mm-hmm. But also, I wonder if that means Verity for sure knows now because he's probably not being as careful or if it's he just really lucked out and <laughs> it is super compartmentalized. But like we've said, I mean, Verity is keeping his presence literally quoted in coiled tight inside of Fitz's head. So I wonder if Verity is even peeking in or keeping that connection like open or, right. you know, even recognizing that at certain points. So he, if Fitz is talking with night eyes or hunting with him, he could not even be paying attention to right. what's happening in Fitz's True. brain. Who know who would want to live inside of Fitz's brain for? <laughs> who day would want to live end? in any teenage boy's brain for a very long period of time? <laughs> True. <laughs> Teenager in general doesn't even have to be a boy. Just like there are so much emotions going on there that like, ooh, no, thank you. <laughs> um, but we do see that the forged ones are becoming less and less of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a quick mention. But we know, as second or third or fourth time readers, that the reason is they're attracted to the skill power of Verity. Mm-hmm. Fitz does not know that, though. Correct. Yes. And we see here Fitz falling into the same old crap that he's done every single time where he's lacked a little bit of responsibility or time in his day. Mm-hmm. Says, I tried to ignore things I knew were dangerous. <laughs> and he just, yep. he ignores some of his responsibilities that he should be keeping up with. It says that, you know, there are a bunch of parties and occasions rising up at Buckkeep that Verity is in charge of, and he's ignoring and avoiding those. And Serene and Justin are also much more in evidence around Buckkeep. Um, <laughs> in, in shrewd training starting now, I think. Uh huh. And he avoids those, and like he's just avoiding these things that are are warning signs, because yeah. it's much more simple. Right, and he doesn't like this job. This isn't. He doesn't. As much as he has duty and a sense of duty, he seems to not feel that same sense of duty when there aren't eyes watching him, and. It's just really interesting and telling that if left to his own devices, Fitz really would probably just become a country bumpkin. He doesn't care. And even at the detriment of his relatives and people he does care about becoming in danger, it still isn't enough to make him think maybe before the problem starts, I should watch to stop it early. He's like, I'll just deal with it when it happens. And it's not a great look for an assassin. (laughs) And he remarks on what is happening as time passes from Verity's departure from Buckkeep. And it says, Verity had not been gone more than two days before I heard rumors that the true purpose of his quest was to seek the elderlings. I could not blame these unregal. Those Verity had hand-chosen had known of their true mission. Beric had ferreted out for himself. If he could, so could another, and noise it about. But when I overheard two pantry boys laughing about King Wisdom's folly and Prince Verity's myth, I suspected the ridicule was Regal's doing. So he remarks that Verity's skilling had become had made him too much of a recluse, and that it, he was just seen 
as, you know, a mumbling, raving, staring off into space kind of madman who is chasing off a fairy, chasing after a fairy tale. Right. And And I, I kind of, I kind of agree with his reasoning that Regal would spread around the ridicule, but I mean, it's kind of an open secret if right, yeah, people can figure out that it's the elderlings. I don't know that Regal would have had to say the real reason. Everybody knows the story of the elderlings, and I'm sure they can guess where they are right. about. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. It just seems. I think you're right, and Fitz is right that it's more Regal's doing of creating a fertile soil for ridicule ridicule for verity that is causing this culture of like, Oh, look at our stupid King or I guess King in waiting. And it's really frustrating to watch also because this is years in the making. This isn't necessarily even anything Regal has to do right at this moment. It's just all of the groundwork he's been laying Mm-hmm. And it is kind of on Verity for not ever making appearances a priority. Even though I know that skilling is hard and he was really worn out, he still has a duty as a ruler to appear strong and to make appearances. And instead of doing that, he pulled a fits and left the hard stuff for Regal, which meant Regal gets to make it super easy for mean rumors to go around about him right so it's sad but not super surprising Mm -hmm. Fitz continues on with his uh, meandering in his mind the the narration here of what is happening and and catching up with all the different players in the Buckkeep Royal Court of Intrigue here saying that Shrewd and Ketrakin are not coming down to the gatherings that Regal is hosting more and more often, mm-hmm. that it is spending more and more money, and pretty much the only person that Fitz has to complain about that too is Chade, and Chade is only shaking his head and not really commenting too much on it, and that he has become more closed mouth as of late, and Fitz feels like he's keeping a secret and he's doing secret experiments in his room and cleaning up after those those little uh, experiments and little potion-making things. So Fitz doesn't really know what's going on. Right. He also touches on how he thinks the secret is directly something to do with himself, Mm -hmm. and that's why Chade is being so quiet, but then admits that he's been keeping secrets from Chade, so maybe that's what it is. And I wonder if a little bit of it is that Chade is frustrated with Fitz for not doing his job. He's not going to these parties and telling Chade or reporting or whatever, which Chade is probably sitting in the walls for every party and watching, but he can't mingle or go around Mm -hmm. and see. I don't know. It's just I'm sure it's a little bit of anger at Fitz for not doing his job. Well, also, I'm pretty sure him doing these like, quote unquote, cooking as they say in the book, Mm -hmm. and the experiments are him making the teas for Shrewd. Yeah. Because he admits later that those things that Shrewd has been taking to keep him, you know, sedated and stuff Mm -hmm. is what Chade is giving him. Right. That's, yeah. He probably wouldn't want to tell Fitz that the king is that bad. Right. Or is frustrated that Fitz doesn't know himself because he, hey, remember the first time 
that Jade left and you let everybody come out of the nooks and crannies to try to kill the king. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, are you just going to keep letting that happen or? I think that is part of his plan, actually, because they discussed things that could happen now that, you know, Fitz let it get that bad of mm-hmm. let them overextend themselves and then cut off the head of the snake, that sort right. of thing. And I think that's what Jade's kind of doing because he's not taking action against Regal for having all these parties and spending coin even though they literally said that they couldn't spare any expense for Verity's trip and and all this stuff and Chade's just kind of keeping quiet I think that is his plan of just like let things get passive let them do what they have minimize damages as much as possible but Mm -hmm. we have to try to stop it somehow and we can't really do that until they make mistakes yeah I don't know it's just frustrating and I feel bad for Chade because Fitz is a little incompetent in the assassin position. I feel bad for Fitz because he's a child, shouldn't have to be trained as an assassin, but like from Jade's point of view. <laughs> Maybe not the assassin position, but definitely the uh, the spy position. Right. <laughs> yeah, of like knowing what's going on. Fitz probably doesn't even know half the gossip anymore. Right. I do want to note, it, note that uh, Chade is described again, and Fitz says that he's getting older, uh, and he was Shrewd's elder half-brother, bastard as I was, and despite his stiffness, he still seemed the younger of the two. So I do want to say that, again, in mm-hmm. this book, it says that he was older than Shrewd. Yes. So we, we come to the next mile, uh, milestone here, 23 days after Verity left, and uh, he... Fitz comes back from a hunt and finds the keep is buzzing with news and he goes straight to cook Sarah and asks her what's going on because the kitchen has all the gossip. Right. And I just want to make a quick note. Have we ever heard that Cook's name is Sarah? I think it's just been remarked as Cook. Right. Before this. I found that so interesting that all of a sudden it's Sarah. Uh huh. Oh, by the way, she has a name, but she just goes by Cook. (laughs) Maybe it could be. A, a marker of Fitz cook? growing up, Maybe? of just being like, you know, being <laughs> more of an adult and saying like, oh, I'll call her by her name now instead of just cook. Right. <laughs> As like an <laughs> although, eight-year-old boy that I've called her forever. Although, hear me out. There are people named Taller Man in this world. <laughs> <laughs> True. So maybe her name really was Cook. I don't know. <laughs> Tallest man. <laughs> And she gives the the gossip that's going around the castle as there is another raid up at Ferry. Mm-hmm. And this is in Burns, in the Duchy of Burns, all the way to the north, very, uh, very isolated. And that a rider came in, switching horses all the way down through different towns, wouldn't stop until he passed along his message that they had been raided. And that's five days away. Yep. That is five days away of solid riding. And this is the first that Buckkeep has been hearing of it. Yeah. Which is bad because they have three systems in place mm-hmm. that are supposed to be able to catch things before it gets this bad. Coteries, the ships, and lighting uh, mass, like fires for the watchtowers. Yes. And I think, do they mention pigeons? Yes, also pigeons. pigeons. So four, but three because the ships aren't there, but we don't know that yet. Yes. And I think the, yeah, the ship isn't there, but the ship should 
have been, been patrolling there because yes. Verity sent it up there mm-hmm. on the ship crew's request. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so Fitz is going through all these, like, why didn't all of this happen? Why is this the first that we're hearing of? And uh, Cook lowered her voice even more, gave the dough she was needing a meaningful thump. Boy said the signal fires were lit at Ferry and at Icetown. He says the birds were sent to Gull. The rescue ship never came. And Fitz is like, why didn't we, why didn't we know? Mm-hmm. And he feels a stirring of concern from Verity. And Fitz remarks here that it was too faint and that the skill bond was fading, just when I wished it was strong. Which we know it doesn't, it's, it could be fading, but it's not ever really broken or faded. Right. It's always there. Yes. He then asks what the response, what's, what's happened? Did... Regal sent out Rurisk. I wish I could have been here to catch it. And Cook is laughing like, well, you can go down to the docks and and catch it because it's not being sent out at all. So (laughs) with with a funny line here, you know, I've no tongue for gossip fits. But what was whispered was that Prince Regal did know of it when the boy came in. Oh, the prince was so kind, so full of sympathy as to make the ladies hearts melt a meal, a new coat, a small purse for his troubles. But he told the boy it was too late now. The raiders would be long gone. No sense to send a ship out now or soldiers. And Fitz goes through the whole thing for the benefit of the reader with with Cook Sarah here. Like, then why wasn't a ship sent out to help the survivors? Like, why? Why wasn't any of this done going through all the little steps? Yeah, some at least send help for the people who survived or mm-hmm. to get rid of the forged ones. They're, it's winter almost. They're going to freeze to death. Yeah. And Cook is like, there's. they said there was no coin for it. Cook bit each word off separately. Says the treasury was drained to build ships and man them. Said Verity took what little was left for this expedition to find elderlings. A world of disdain on that last word. Cook paused to wipe her hands on her apron. Then he said he was very sorry, very truly sorry. This made me really frustrated because everyone has been there to attend all of the parties happening nightly for the past 23 days. Well, Cook definitely had to probably cook for them. Right. But it's made mention that there are like lots of people and lots of revelry going on. This isn't just normal hanging out with your friends. This is... Mm -hmm buying a movie theater out (laughs) and nobody's like maybe it's because of regal they're all like stupid verity and his stupid elderling hunt um i'm sorry what (laughs) are do you not have eyes are you not living in the castle with the man spending a bunch of money on nothing okay sure let's blame the guy who's not here and can't defend himself (laughs) and i get that's the point but Disinformation campaign working pretty well. But how does nobody have a brain? It's like, how do you not have the eyeballs and wherewithal to understand clearly this is fake? And maybe I'm, I'm being unfair because I have all of the pieces and they do not. Regal's been working on this for the whole summer. Always saying that the money's low, the money's tight, all of these ships, like we can't do this, like all of that. He's probably been spreading this like forever. Yeah. I get, but it's like he's still throwing parties and buying new clothes and nobody's putting that into like, hey, how come you can afford to do that? But apparently can't afford to help anybody else. You know, <laughs> it just 
it feels like one of those things that you should be able to work out for yourself. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there and uninformed, so. <laughs> like a man in a daze, I left the kitchen and went to Verity's study. Outside the study, I paused, groping. One clear glimpse of Verity's intent. In the back of a drawer, I would find an antique emerald necklace, the stones set in gold. It had been his mother's mother's. It would be enough to hire men and buy grain to send it with them. I pushed open the study door and halted. So Verity forces Fitz to move to his study to find this pendant, this gem, and sell it to send aid to Fairy because we know Verity is a good man, and mm-hmm. he is able to send his will to Fitz even though their connection is faint. And he realizes as he goes in, seeing it with his eyes and with Verity's eyes through Verity's mind, that Verity's study has been gone through, and they've searched things. It's not necessarily you know, tossed, mm-hmm. but everything is shut neatly, everything yeah. is put away, the chair was pushed up close to the table, it was all too tidy for Verity, because he packed in a hurry and left, and he was never, you know... A tidy person to begin with? <laughs> meticulous. Uh-huh. So... Uh, he finds the gem still there, and he finds other small valuable items that he can pull as well. So the question is hanging in Fitz's mind, who went through this, and why are the valuables still here? So what were they looking for? Mm-hmm. And my guess is Elderling Scrolls. I don't remember if we if we get too much knowledge of what they were looking for. Right. I, don't, I just don't remember. I don't remember either. I was thinking too the Elderling Scrolls and that it's about giving the information probably the white lady wants mm-hmm. it yeah. to get rid of any trace of help possible. Well, also they're trying to make their own stone dragon. Right. Which is one step on the path to bringing dragons back, so. Right. I don't know. It Yeah, it's super weird. And... I'm sure they tell us. I'm sure we find out. And it's probably next chapter and we're going to be like, hey guys, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so his room has been ransacked. Yeah, and Ketrikin walks in while Fitz is kind of grabbing some things here. And he's rolling up some maps and things like that. And he makes an excuse that Verity told me to take care of the maps. That's why I'm in here. Mm-hmm. Just so they don't get damp on them and get ruined. She kind of explains, like, it seems so empty, you know, there's none of his clutter, there's no scent of him, and Fitz is inquiring, like, oh, so you're the one who tidied up after him, and she's like, no, I would never do that, so again, Fitz is left with, okay, who did this, they didn't really take anything, what were they looking for? Mm -hmm. And Ketrikin has time away here with just her and Fitz to ask him about the gossip, ask about what has happened at Ferry, and, you know, ask if he's heard and ask what's going on, basically, because she was not called in for any of those meetings. She was not informed of any of that. She heard through one of her attending ladies because her attending lady overheard their two servants talking about it. One of Regal's servants. Yeah, one of Regal's talking with her servant. Yes. So, like, it's... It's a really roundabout way, and Ketrikin isn't getting informed about any of this. 
Right. And it's bad because as queen in waiting, she should have been the one informed. Regal mm-hmm. should not have been. Yeah. Well, it should have been taken directly to King Shrewd. Mm-hmm. And, and then he could have called for. Yeah. Yeah. So Fitz says, by all rights, the message should have been taken directly to King Shrewd. I suspect it was. And Regal's men, who mind the king's door, sent for him instead of you. And there it is. Like, that's it mm-hmm. should have been sent for queen in waiting right (laughs) in the prince's stead fitz remarks i wonder if other messages have gone similarly astray and she gets on this track then and has fitz explain and fitz explains that the message birds the signal fires a skill message any one of those should have brought word that fairy was getting raided one might go astray, but all three. Mm-hmm. And it gets that mind of going of conspiracy and all that sort of thing to Ketrickin as well. And she immediately grasps the situation and says, the Duke of Burns will believe his call for aid went unheeded. This is treachery to defame Verity. And she is, of course, a very impassioned and fiery person and mm-hmm. immediately wants to go and correct this and yell at Regal, I'm sure, right. about what's, what's happening. Fitz explains that it would be much better to get proof because they don't have any. Right. And, and it could be just an accident. And it's her word against his. Yes. She's a foreigner and married to the king people don't like as much. Mm-hmm. And Regal has had time to amass a following. And the correct way of doing it is to have King Shrewd reprimand Regal publicly. Right. Not the queen in waiting because if... You say one thing, and it's against Prince Regal, and the king comes out in support of Regal, that's a house divided, and then you have no power right. anymore. Which is a good thing to point out. It's yes. frustrating. Yep. I feel Ketrickin's pain in needing to not beat around the bush. Why does it all have to be done in secret? Why are mm-hmm. there so many rules of how to take care of this problem when it feels like Regal doesn't have any rules? He gets to do whatever he wants. but. Right. Regal is also playing by a set of rules that he made up, so it's harder. It's ugh, frustrating. And she is appreciative of this advice, and she pretty much thanks him and and says, this is why he left you here, Fitz, to see these things for me. What? It was my turn to be jolted. I thought you had known. You must have wondered why he did not ask you to accompany him. It was because I asked him who I should trust as an advisor. He said to rely on you. Had he forgotten Chade's existence? I wondered, and then realized that Ketrickin knew nothing of Chade. He must have known I would function as a go-between. Inside myself, I felt Verity's agreement. Chade, in the shadows as always. I just want to point out that this feels very similar to Molly and Fitz's relationship. That Ketrickin is so trusting of Verity, and Verity continuously hides things from her for her own good in his own opinion and this obviously has some problems later in this chapter but i don't think i ever looked at the mirror of these two couplings until this chapter Mm -hmm. and saw like wow verity truly treats ketrickin in a similar way that fitz does to molly there are secrets that need to be kept from her. Even though she is supposed to be the queen, she should be helping rule. But instead of letting this person who has a power perf- 
powerful position in government have all of the cards he's keeping them from her because he can play the game better and it's stupid and it makes me angry (laughs) because she's clearly a very capable woman who when given the cards can make connections all on her own definitely oh although i'm wondering if this is jade asking like don't tell anybody of my existence i guess but that that's the only like agency, but it is a it's a great parallel between the two. But mm-hmm. I think Chade specifically be like, <laughs> I want to be a secret, you know? <laughs> right. But also, I think that this is just one example yeah, of yeah, yeah. many other secrets yeah. kept from her, and it makes me mad for her. Definitely. <laughs> and so uh, they're kind of thinking on what's going to happen next, and Fitz says that the Duke of Burns and his lesser nobles will come directly here. This is too important of a topic to just send messengers. They are going to visit and they're going to ask, you know, what answers that we have for the situation. What is happening? His coast is the most exposed of all, save that of Buck itself. And Ketrickin's like, well, then we have to have answers worth hearing if he's going to come all this way. Mm-hmm. And she's she plans on following... Fitz's advice here and going to King Shrewd, but then also makes good decisions of her own, saying, you can't come with me because that will seen, be seen as me relying on you and me being weak in that regard, so I have to go by myself and having this conversation alone. And Fitz agrees with that, and even though he longs to hear for himself what Shrewd might say to her, he's like, "This that's a smart decision. So... They kind of depart here. Fitz, uh, she, as a, as a last parting thing, she is making sure that he has a safe place to put Verity's maps, mm-hmm. which is, I thought was a really cute gesture because right. it's something that he loved and she recognizes that. And when Fitz was saying like, oh, he asked me to keep these in a safe place. She's mm-hmm. just making sure that they're safe for right. when he returns, <laughs> making sure everything's good to go for you, Verity, when you come back. Which is sad, but also right. cute. <laughs> sad because we know he won't, but yeah. like cute because she thinks he will. So, And so he steps aside from the door where she was going to storm out and yell at Rico. <laughs> she walks out and he. we get a little description here. As she swept past me, her mountain sweet scent engulfed me for a moment. My knees went weak, and I cursed the fate that sent emeralds to rebuild houses when they should have girdled that graceful throat. But I knew, too, with a fierce pride, that if I set them in her hands this moment, she would insist they be sent, spent for fairy. I slipped them into a pocket. Perhaps she would be able to rouse King Shrewd's wrath, and he would rattle the coin loose from Regal's pocket. Perhaps, when I returned, these emeralds could still clasp that warm skin." If Ketrickin had looked back, she would have seen Fitz blushing with her husband's thoughts. We can definitely see the power of emotion that Verity has. Right. And the control that he's kind of, not necessarily losing, but what that emotion does to the bond with Fitz. Well, I think it's harder for Fitz to block out emotion because that's wit and not skill base. Exactly. And so... Verity may not even know how much he's sharing. Mm-hmm. He may not know what's going across the skill line. But a lot of those are specific thoughts, too. Right. Which is just- <laughs> Definitely, there are thoughts coming through. But, like, 
I think the overall emotion being overwhelmed and the reason that there's mm-hmm. window for it to come in is the weakening of Fitz's walls by the strong, strength of emotion coming from. Yeah. We talked about that last week too, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do even more with this scene. agree with that assessment right. that his wit just amplifies everything. Mm-hmm. And I wonder too, if this is part of what Fitz meant when he said, it's eroding his sense of self yeah. because he's not only feeling his own feelings. He is somebody else who has similar ish feelings that sometimes differ, but start in a place of similarity and then differ. And it would probably be really hard to say, Oh, these aren't my feelings anymore when you're sharing a head with somebody. <laughs> right. Right. After this encounter Fitz goes down to the stables he says that it's a soothing place for him, and, and even though Birik's gone, he'd be welcome down there with hands, and, you know, he'd just be able to kind of check in on it, even though he doesn't need to, really. Right. He feels a sense of obligation to look in from time to time for Birik, even though it's not his job anymore. Right. And so there's a, a little altercation happening outside of the stable doors here, where a stable boy is trying to hold on to a anxious horse and some small dignitary is trying to grab the horse or get the horse from him and there's a little bit of an argument here well there's a older boy who's probably still a boy and then a man that is the dignitary from tilith right yeah tilth uh, as a man in tilth colors looked on and that's the 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 small dignitary that i was talking about <laughs> yes yeah, but he has a serving boy and then there's the stable boy as well with the horse yes there's three of them and fitz kind of goes in there and, and calms the horse down because he recognizes the horse and he asks the stable boy what's happening and the the man in tilth colors is here to take the horse and send it inland to tilth for the uh for the duke there because he's he's claiming that the horse is now his and the whole conversation is about you know hands didn't give the okay for this horse to leave the stables that needs to happen so stable boy you escort the horse back in hands comes out and and they talk with the the man and the man's like no uh this is our horse and hands and fits are like no i saw this horse birthed here in bucky like this mm-hmm. is this is our horse you can't just you know take a horse and claim it and the man is saying no we bought this horse mm-hmm. plus a couple others and i have the papers right here to prove that so fits and hands are of course really upset by this and he hands over the papers and the papers look good except for the fact that only regal has signed them and since they're in buckkeep the king owns the horses, so it needs the king's signature or the queen in waiting's signature yes. to sell these horses. And so he gets, the man goes back and gets sent off kind of, you know, mad about it, but agreeing that he'll bring back the proper papers. Well, the man tries to argue by saying, well, everybody knows the king isn't all there yeah, and true. the queen is a foreigner. So mm-hmm. really, Prince Regal is the king. And well, he doesn't finish. He doesn't finish what he's about to say. Prince Regal is king. Before Fitz points out that he is king in waiting to say any less would be treason. No, to say he's a prince. Oh, to yes. say any less or more is treason. Right. <laughs> yes. And and then 
says that he will not take it as offense because nothing was said this time, mm-hmm. letting him know that it is treason to what you're saying, regardless of if you're Regal's man or not. And the king is still alive. He is still kicking. Whether or not he's competent at mm-hmm. his job does not matter because next in line is Ketrikan. Not even a pompous man like Lance deserved to die for just parroting what his master had no doubt spoken aloud. Just basically imp- implied that he could die for treason yes. if you said anything else. Yes. Which is nice of Fitz in a way to, <laughs> to save a man's life. Right. But right. also it poses the bigger problem of This Prince is getting Regal. spoken about. Yes. And Prince Regal was confident enough in his own signature being the only one there mm-hmm. that he sent somebody down without even trying to fake his dad's signature. Right. And so the man files off to get the correct papers and come back and hands asks Fitz like, what's, what do I do? Like I'm, I've just been left this stable. It's only been 20 some days since Birk left and already all these horses are getting sold off. One of the mares is pregnant. Like this is our, this is our stud horse for all of the, the wagon horses. I think they call them later, the cart horses. And these are the important horses. This is the specific breed that I think, uh, himself has had a huge part in making or Mm -hmm. making is that the right word (laughs) breeding breeding and if even hands himself points out that the mare that is pregnant the baby has a ton of potential and they're like planning futures on the baby that hasn't even been born and what's he gonna do when Birk comes back and he has an empty stable right and Fitz reassures him you know like Burek couldn't do anything either. Yeah, it'd be if, happening even if Burek was here. Yeah. So. If it has the king's seal on it, you have to give the horses away. Mm-hmm. And Burek won't be mad at you for the king signing away. They're not Burek's horses. As much as Burek loves them and thinks of them in that way, they're not. They're the king's, and the king is free to do whatever he wants with them. Yeah. Frustrating. Only 20 days after, and things are... Uh... Changing Already, rapidly. Yes, going so downhill, which you'd think Jade would see and be like, hmm, maybe we should stop hiding in the shadows. I don't know. Kill Regal. <laughs> Get rid of all this problem right now. Isn't he doing it because the king is vulnerable? Like, and he wants Shrewd protected because if he makes any moves, like, Regal could just basically kill Shrewd and then step in. But if he kills Regal, who cares? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's still not going to kill Regal, though. Come on. It's, oh, it's he, he could. He could. He would only do it with Shrewd's direction. I guess. But you'd think he'd be able to see the harm he's doing. I suppose maybe in Shade's mind, even with That's all the horrible treason, decisions. Yeah. yeah, Regal is still a prince and in line for the throne. So that he has no choice but to let it. But Gotta I really wish, really wish that there wasn't such a strong sense of loyalty to a family instead of what's mm-hmm. right, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And Fitz walks away, frustrated, obviously, and hoping to talk with Verity about this, but he can't reach out and connect because his skill is very unpredictable. And he again laments the fact that that he had had the skill and he's cursing Galen that he had burned it out of me and left me with but this unpredictable form of it. 
And I kind of wanted to remark on that really quick because it again just is shifting blame. Mm -hmm. Yes, Galen did things to him that harmed him mentally, but he didn't burn the skill away from Fitz. That's Fitz's PTSD. That's his actual, you know, mental scarring of what happened. It's his own barriers, his own walls. He can skill just as strongly as anybody, stronger than most people. It's just his mind protecting himself. Right. And if he were to do exercises, it would probably get better. But he refuses. And I understand because he's gone through a severe trauma and it would be really hard without a medical professional helping you to Mm -hmm. be able to work through these things. I certainly don't think Verity is licensed. Or even a master in the skill. Right. And Verity didn't have time, really. Right. So I think it's hard because it is frustrating to see there are things he could have been doing that he just didn't. But at the same time, he is someone who went through something so horrible. Of course, he's not able to just get back into routine it's right a little bit more complex than that which makes it a good character flaw that it's not just him being an idiot it's actual has actual depth to it and there's mm-hmm. reasoning behind it and thinking on the skill fitz has a little bit of an epiphany here and that is you know what of the coterie what of justin and serene mm-hmm. and then he thinks oh the messenger birds from Burns, the signal lights, the skilled ones in the towers. All the lines of communications within the kingdom and with the king seem not to be working very well. Why were they failing? Yeah. Creeping dread spreading throughout him. Feels like this is a pretty good time to realize that the reason you couldn't be successful on the ships all summer is because clearly the skilled people aren't working for Verity. Mm-hmm. He saves the question to ask to Chade, and prayed that he would summon me soon. He called me less often than he had once, and I felt that I was not as privy to his counsels as I had once been. Well, and had not I excluded him from much of my life as well? Perhaps what I felt was only a reflection of all the secrets I kept from him. Perhaps it was the natural distance that grew between assassins. And I thought this coincidence, not, well, yeah, it's a coincidence at the moment, because I don't know if Robin Hobb had planned it out this far, but uh, perhaps it was the natural distance that grew between assassins. I arrived at the door of my room just as Rosemary had given up knocking. <laughs> just remembering that Rosemary becomes, like, the next apprentice of Chade in yep. uh, Tawny Man, so. And they have a little little cute conversation we get kind of reminded that she's a little girl she's you know carefree and there's nothing going on with her and she's just trying to learn manners and stuff and says yes did you need me and she's asking well queen in waiting ketrican wishes you to attend her at your earliest convenience that's right now isn't it i tried to get a smile out of her no she frowned up at me i said at your earliest convenience sir isn't that right Absolutely. Who has you practicing your manners so assiduously? She heaved a great sigh. Fedrin. (laughs) So we know that Fedrin is back from his travels in summer. We get reminded again of Rosemary being around and and being used as a messenger. And Fitz thinks that Fedrin is training her as a messenger. A likely child. I doubted not that Fedrin was grooming her to be a messenger. I find the wording interesting. I doubted not that Fedrin was grooming her. 
I wonder if this is a little bit of past Fitz, who is our narrator, being like, hmm. I should have. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't have any doubts that it was definitely Fedrin and not anybody else training her, but whatever. (laughs) Ugh. Poor Fitz. So he he changes his shirt briefly, goes up to Ketchikin's uh, room, knocks on it, says, It is now my earliest convenience, I told her, and this time was rewarded with a dimpled smile. I thought it was a cute interaction, even though we know Rosemary is a manipulated child and what happens with her later. Right. It's still a cute little interaction. I don't think Fitz can ever forgive her. No, no, I don't think so. Which is kind of sad because I think Rosemary is kind of a victim in this too. Oh, 100%. She doesn't know the whole story. She doesn't know what she's doing. It's a lot like Fitz when he was younger. And it made me think about how maybe some of the errands that seemed super innocent to Fitz whenever he was learning to become an assassin weren't as innocent as they seemed. Yeah. We know that later Rosemary is told to put grease on the top steps to the queen garden when Ketrickin is found to be pregnant, which causes her to lose her pregnancy. And we assume that she doesn't know that that's why. And then I wonder... Well, maybe when Fitz was given all those weird errands that sounded dumb or like stealing Mistress Hasty's shears and hiding them somewhere else. Was that Mm -hmm. framing someone for a a crime they didn't commit? You know, like we don't know the behind the scenes. And as a child, it's just a fun game you're playing Mm -hmm. to prove that you can be an assassin or whatever. And I don't know. It just really made me think about. I mean, some of those tasks were definitely used for intrigue. Yes. I think he's, like, taking notes from people's coats sometimes mm-hmm. and things like that. So definitely some of them. But yeah. it's it's hard to tell. And I'm yeah. sure Rosemary's getting manipulated the same way. Exactly. It's just a fun game. I don't know. It just makes me feel sad that Fitz can't see that. Well, maybe he sees it, but he's too stubborn to let go of the hardship that it brought on him to not have noticed earlier. And I think he's more mad at himself than her, but he's going to punish her for it. (laughs) So he meets with Ketrickin here, and she immediately asks, Have you been recently to visit the king? Not in the last few days, my lady queen. Then I suggest you do so this evening. I am concerned for him. As you wish, my queen, I waited. Surely this was not what she had called me here to say. After a moment, she sighed. Fitz, I am alone here as I have never been before. Cannot you call me Ketrickin and treat me as a person for a bit? The sudden change in tone took me off balance. Certainly, I replied, but my voice was too formal. Danger, Nighteyes whispered. Danger? How? This is not your mate. This is the leader's mate. It was like finding an aching tooth with your tongue. The knowledge jarred through me. There was a danger here. One to guard against. This was my queen, but I was not Verity, and she was not my love, no matter how my heart set to beating at the sight of her. But she was my friend. I owed her the comfort that friends owe one another. That's what I was talking about before, that little conversation there, that that Night Eyes does view her like, this is, don't get too formal, like, this is your leader's mate. You can't do anything. And it's another bleeding over of Verity's feelings Mm-hmm. I think, at the sight of Ketchikan. I think, so, on my first read-through, I didn't 
pair Fitz and Kedrickin together at all romantically. Which is crazy because all of these little scenes, too. Yeah, and so in rereading it, I'm realizing how many of these little scenes where he's describing what she looks like and how pretty she is. But I think the first time through, I'm reading this as influenced by Verity. These aren't how he feels. He likes Molly. And I think it's more complex than that. And as I've said before on this podcast, you can have feelings for more than one person at a time. Mm -hmm. Just because you love someone doesn't mean that you don't have eyes. (laughs) Other people just immediately stop becoming attractive. But I think it's really interesting that I never picked up on maybe it was his own feelings. And maybe this is what I'm talking about when I said how much of Verity's bleeding over is staying, how much color is stained forever. And maybe his lingering feelings for Ketrickin that he holds with him his whole life, similar in the way he holds his feelings for Molly, are there because of Verity. Could be, but they were there before there, Verity had ever seen her. There were hints of Dude. him thinking she was cute before. Um, but I wonder if the almost hardening of feelings, that's not quite what I'm trying to say, but the solidifying of feelings of she's beautiful and I clearly have some sort of feelings for her, but she's not mine. So I'm locking that away somewhere. I wonder if they're so much stronger because of Verity. Yeah, I think so. I think like they wouldn't have grown. I think it relates back to our first conversation of this, of this chapter and where, where I mentioned how, I think if you're feeling, if Fitz was feeling the same thing as Verity's and mm-hmm. his emotion comes across, it's just amplified. Right. And I think that's the case in here, how normally he's commenting on, oh, she looks so pretty. She takes my breath away when she was dressing up and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And now it's like my heart was beating so fast when I looked at her and it's just like a simple right. meeting kind of thing. But I think it's just amplified. But those other examples are all with Verity in his head. I think this is the first time we see it really in this much detail without Verity there. Verity's still technically there, there but like not looking through his eyes and not actively making comments to Fitz. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know. So she explains what she did. Um, She went to see the king and asked directly why I had not been summoned when the rider came in. He seemed puzzled by my question, but before he could even begin an answer, Regal came in. He had come in haste, I could tell, as if someone had run to tell him I was there, and he had immediately dropped everything to come. He made it impossible for me to speak to the king. Instead, he insisted on explaining it all to me. He claimed that the rider had been brought directly to the king's chamber, and that he had encountered the messenger as he came to visit his father. He had sent the boy to rest while he talked with the king, and that together they had decided that nothing could be done now. Then Shrewd had sent him to announce that to the boy and the gathered nobles, and to explain to them that the state of the treasury. According to Regal, we were very near the brink of ruin, and every penny must be watched. Byrne must look out for Byrne's own, he told me. And when I asked if Byrne's own were not six duchies folk, he told me that Byrne had always stood more or less on its own. It was not rational, he said, to expect that Buck could guard a a coast so far to the north of us, and so long. Fitz, did you know that the Near Islands had already been ceded to the raiders? And, of course, Fitz doesn't know, and he's incredulous at this. And she, again, explains that 
uh, that Verity had decided before he left that there was no real hope of keeping them safe, and that he called back the ship the Constance. He claims that Verity skilled to Carid and the co- coterie members on the ship to order the ship back home for repairs. Right, and this is all from Regal's. Yes, Regal is saying all this. Regal saying all this to Ketrakin. That ship was refitted just after harvest, and then she was sent out to keep the coast between Seal Bay and the Gulls, and to be ready should the near islands call for her. It is what her master asked for, more time to practice seamanship in winter's waters. Verity would not leave that stretch of coast unwatched. If the raiders establish a stronghold on near islands, we shall never be free of them. They can raid winter and summer alike from there. And Ketrakin says that Regal claims that they've already done. And that he says our only hope now is to treat with them. Her blue eyes searched my face. She's looking for the confirmation that this was knowledge done behind her back. And Fitz is just incredulous and reassures her that, no, Verity has never done any of this. He would only fight them with a sword. Like, there's no way he would want to make a treaty with them at this point. Well, she says specifically... This is not, then, a secret kept from me, lest, I dis- lest it distress me. Regal implied as much that Verity would keep these things secret from me as beyond my understanding. And this plays to Verity keeping things from her all of the time. She wouldn't even begin to think this was true if he would just talk to her. And this is the same with how I feel about Molly and how I think it's justified that she doesn't trust Fitz about Verity and that she doesn't, or not Verity Regal, and she doesn't understand what he's telling her and that she doesn't fully trust him because there's no reason to. They both lie and keep things from them for the Mm -hmm. greater good without letting the people involved decide what the greater good is. Well, in Verity's case, not really lies so much purposely exclude her from all conversations regarding anything important which sets up a pattern (laughs) that is easy to manipulate later on by regal and it's just so frustrating and i just want to point out the like similarities when i see them like this between ketrickin and molly because i think ketrickin gets a lot less heat for not being as trusting as verity as molly gets for not being trusting of Fitz. And so I, it's kind of like my little make people more sympathetic to Molly as a character. <laughs> Flight. <laughs> but it is a little bit of like we have a foil here of two couples that are similar and yet different because there is some sort of trust between Verity and Ketrickin. It's and new, though, and fragile, it and is. that's why this is brought up. Right, but... And it has such a depth of emotion from Ketchikan. Right, but Molly doesn't have a Fitz in her corner to tell her... Right. Yeah, you can trust him on this thing. <laughs> right. So I think that's a lot of the downfall, but also Fitz is a lot more secretive and willing to lie, so... And so Fitz promises Ketrickin that he's going to get to the bottom of this. He's going to figure out what is going on and why these decisions were made. And he'll do it secretly and carefully. I do want to ask, do you think the taking of Near Islands is directly Regal working with Kebel, Rob Red? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's partially because this whole raid 
had to be orchestrated and known ahead right. of time because it was three red ships mm-hmm. that came and did this. They had to plan to not send any messages further or to stop messages that were being sent. Right. They had to plan when to do this. They had to they had to be in contact with one another um, to recall the ship and make it seem like it was Verity's doing mm-hmm. before the Red Ship Raiders got right. there. So the crew didn't bring back any, you know, any uh, right. any rumors of Red Ships in the area. Like this all had to be orchestrated out. Right. And that's what I said. I was wondering if it was maybe just luck, but I was pretty sure that it's... <sighs> You Just you know me. I, yes. I think they've been in, in cahoots <laughs> since the first raids, or at least in contact with one another since mm-hmm. the first raids, because there were too many timing issues even before the Coterie was formed. Right. So I, I think it's, yeah, I think they've definitely been planning. Do you think to keep the dragons from ever having a chance of returning, they have to destroy the Buckkeep line? And they know that Regal will do that all on his own. And that's why the white lady is constantly teaming up with him and trying to get him in a position of power. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it, it's a couple different things that the fool has seen and said, like, as long as the Farseer has an heir, that Farseer line will continue. And then there's hope for the future kind right. of thing. I wonder- and with Regal being there, that automatically takes out Fitz because he hates Fitz that automatically takes out Verity because he hates Verity and Verity's blocking the way of being the king and I think that's just an accomplice that they can use to remove other pieces right but technically Regal is a farseer so does that oh, yeah. mean he's barren and they know it because I'm sure he gets around or does that mean that he'll be dead before it matters they could probably kill him before it matters there or they don't see a future where things go well with him as a king. Well, yeah, because look at the kind of rule he right. holds for a very short amount of time. That's disgusting. So I don't think much would stop people from eventually getting up and rising against that kind of government. So Fitz agrees to pursue this and they're talking about all of this and all this happening and Fitz saying like, you know me, I can take care of these things and you know my skills. And Ketrakin explains a little bit more about the state that the king is in. Mm-hmm. He says, the king denied none of this, but neither did he seem to follow all that Regal said. He was like a child listening to his elders converse, nodding, but understanding little. She glanced down fondly at Rosemary at her feet, which I thought was very interesting. And that's probably true. Rosemary is understanding very little of this, but she can probably repeat all of what was said back to Regal. Right. But also, I wonder if it's an even more subtle nod. Maybe not. Maybe I'm looking too far into this. But that the king somewhere in his mind is able to understand what's going on. But he's so drugged up and just being attacked so much by the skill that it comes across as though he's a child just nodding along. Oh, now, now something's sticking in my mind, and I don't <laughs> know if it's true. But is the king faking a little bit with the stuff that Shade's giving him? 
I don't remember. I kind of feel like maybe that's true because before oh, he's dead, I, I, I feel remember. like he fits up a real good conversation. Yeah, I know. Me too. Oh, now it's going to bother like me. playing it up a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, he could. I don't know. So maybe it is. Maybe this is a little hint that he's not as dolt-ish as he seems. <laughs> right. Just as Rosemary is not as innocent as she appears to be. Exactly. And so they end that conversation with Fitz's promise to get to the bottom of it, to talk to the king, and Ketrikin to have answers for Burns, for Duke Burns, um, before he arrives. Right. My big question, in Verity's logic of giving Fitz these gem or a gem to sell um where where would Fitz have gotten the money he could have I mean he could easily say something like Verity left me a note if there's dire need to sell this gem like that's fair that's literally something he could just say and would be accepted I guess I get but I was thinking like if he just comes out and has like a bag of money they're gonna be like um sorry where did you get that I guess he does have his own like wages from the ships but I doubt that's as much as what a gem costs right yeah um, especially if it outfits several men plus like grain to send to a right, village right but this I must also, be a nice emerald with a nice gold setting well, and he's and very just kind of tossed it into a junk drawer yeah right <laughs> well it was it's, wrapped it was wrapped in cloth so but it's also like a family heirloom it's probably more precious to him than he's letting on but it's sad that he has to give away something oh, from his mother it's Although, his, it's his grandmother's maybe it's less sentimental to him because he knew less of his mom it seems like he has like fewer memories than yeah. chivalry would have. He's younger. Um, so maybe it's more of like a, well, the person who was my mom that I barely remember had value to this. So I'm going to keep it. It's probably one of the few things he has from his grandmother. True. And then pass through his mother to him. So, True. yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's accelerating now. We said last week was kind of the start of the main plot I know. of this book, but now everything's kind of spiraling out of control within 20-some days. I'm just going to get continue to get angrier and angrier at all the events that I know like are going to happen <laughs> that are getting placed into motion here that I can't do anything. This must be what Fool feels like whenever <laughs> Fitz chooses the wrong path and he's like, I so clearly laid out for you. <laughs> All you had to do was decipher my three couplets and a couple <laughs> riddles, and that's it. That is not that much to ask. <laughs> and then you just have to sit there knowing what's going to happen. Ugh. Yeah, I do not envy the fool. Well, things are accelerating. I'm excited to read more on the intrigue that's coming up here and more of the heartbreak. If you guys have anything to say to us, please let us know. Reach out to us, email us directly, message us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those good things. Isfitshappy at gmail.com or isfitshappy is our username. And uh, let us know what you're thinking. Wait, is Blue's Clues trademarked? <laughs> probably it's email time <laughs> please don't sue me steve, steve. <laughs> actually i don't even think it's steve anymore because steve left when i was 
Yeah, he's growing up. So anyway, <laughs> it's email time. <laughs> so this week we had a couple of comments sent in to us that we figured we'd share because we know you guys love it. So <laughs> and we figured we'd start with a Facebook comment from Nathan who commented about one of our more recent episodes. I should have looked up which one this was before starting this. It's whichever one um, fits remarks that Molly is living more in the moment and not mm-hmm. worrying about the future anymore and not commenting on, you know, their future babies or when they get married. Right. That's so pretty recent. It might even have been last episode. Think, no, not quite last. The one before. Two, yeah, I think it was two episodes ago. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about Molly here and they pointed out that Night Eyes also takes each day as what's happening today. What We're not going to worry about the future. We have to live in today, which is something Molly has started doing. And they pose the question, is this something she does because she and Fitz are so linked or was she like this originally? And that in part is what attracted Fitz to her. Or is this just a bad time and how she deals with it in a completely understandable way? Um, and I wanted to say that I don't think this has anything to do with like Fitz and Night Eyes and Molly all sharing some weird wit bond thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, I just think that's too many pieces of movement. (laughs) (laughs) And also we know and Fitz remarks that she has no wit. Right. She has no capability of feeling this. They could be, they they're linked in an emotional way because mm-hmm. they love each other, but I don't think that's enough to pick up on that sort of like right. life changing outlook. And now that I'm thinking about this, this is kind of off topic, but I wonder if a witted person falling in love with a non witted person looks like an animal's bond with someone who isn't witted. Hmm. You know how like yeah. you can tell that an animal has bonded to somebody, but yeah. That doesn't mean that the person is bonded back. Like, I don't know. Sure, not that yeah, I don't know. <laughs> not that if you love somebody they're they're not they're gonna love you like a pet, but um <laughs> and just interesting semantics that I just thought of. Uh, but I do think that this is probably a quality that Fitz is drawn to. I think yeah. he appreciates people who live in the moment because he is not really allowed to do that in a lot of his life he seems to try really hard uh not really take into account too much of the future but it and he is dwells something. so much in the past as well yes. and what has happened to him that someone who can just take pleasure where they're at is very attractive attractive to him right and who is you know secure in themselves mm-hmm. is very attractive to him it's attractive to everybody if somebody is secure in who they are and, and what they want and what they're doing right definitely and Molly wasn't always just a live in the moment kind of person. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, like teasing him about when they would get married and thinking about owning her own chandlery in the future. And she has right. these hopes and dreams. She just doesn't mention it anymore. Right. And so I, that part, I think, right. is the recent part is more her coping with something. Right. In an understandable way. That's fair. But That's I, I do think she has always been pragmatic. She has always been secure in who she is, where she is at the present and, you know, lives in those and takes joy in those little moments in the present. And that does attract fits. Fair. Yeah. No, I definitely think this is, you're right that this probably did stem from some sort, like this is some sort of response to something happening out of her control. 
which is sad and probably stems from the life she's lived up until this point. I mean, also having, you know, your love who you think you're going to marry saying like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm promised by the king to marry this other person, but we're not going to do it because, you know, <laughs> don't worry, we've, we've been engaged for like three months and I haven't said anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything of her. <laughs> so I think it's, it's understandable her way of coping with that. Yes. But I also do think it's a little bit of the second thing that Nathan said here that that live in the moment kind of outlook on life is something that does attract fits because of his traumas in the past, because he has to worry mm-hmm. about the future and has all of these responsibilities and he wants to escape and go into someone's life and just occupy their space for a while to escape from his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not healthy, but when is Fitz's actions? <laughs> when <True>. are <laughs> when are Fitch isn't yeah <laughs> so thank you Nathan for bringing that up it was an interesting quandary we would also like to shout out a good pup that we saw yes thank you thank Grace. you Grace for sending uh, pictures of Luna yes. to us what a good pup great pup beautiful pup <laughs> appreciate it we always love getting good pup pics Or cats or dogs or, well, dogs are pups. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Rabbits. I don't know. Birds. (laughs) Yeah. Other animals. I know animals. I've gone to kindergarten. (laughs) 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 So thank you for that. We really enjoyed that. I think one last thing we do want to shout out is that Assassin's Quest Illustrated Edition is coming out very soon. It's available for pre-order right now, and the, we've retweeted a tweet from the artist that has been working with Robin Hobb. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that we're both very excited about it. Yes. Um, because you can order it through, I think Robin Hobb links it somewhere, but you can get it personalized by her and have her sign it and stuff, so it's really cool. Yeah, she's... It's like University Books or something like that, where she around where she lives. She has, like, a deal with them. So. Well, I follow her Facebook page where she posted a version of the post that just that we retweeted um, that is animated a little bit. Mm, it's, yeah. like, pulsing. So the, the picture, if you haven't seen it, is, I believe, fits with a skill hand. Or maybe it's no, Verity. No, it's, it's Verity. Okay. It's the scene where Verity touches the stone dragon and mm-hmm. scales seem to ripple at his yes. passing over the stone dragon. Yes, and so he has a skill-dipped hand and is touching the dragon. And it's really cool because the skill part, the blue skill, is animated to pulse, kind of. So it looks like it's going in the dragon. That's so cool. I highly recommend, if you have a Facebook, going to Robin Hobbs' official Facebook page to see. I can probably link it on our Facebook. It's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> if I haven't already, I will get to that. But yeah, it's just... Really, I don't know. It seems cool. I like seeing all the artwork. Yeah, um, I think it's yeah. fun to see artists' interpretation of what the six duchies characters look like. Um, it's just cool. Yeah, all the different interpretations because there's definitely different ones than descripted, uh, right. but they're still all really cool reimaginings of the whole world. So I, we just wanted to mention that because uh, we have the first two copies. They are gorgeous. We're definitely going to get this third one, and we're hoping that the publisher continues with these illustrated editions, but we don't know for sure, and I don't think it's in Robin Hobbs' decision to make. <laughs> so as long as there's interest shown, hopefully they'll make more. 
So thanks, you guys, for reaching out. Thanks for all the people who, again, you know, we're super great about how much they love the show. Um, We appreciate you guys. And we look forward to hearing from you guys next week.